Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we are here today for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today we have Heather D. Horton, who is the heart healer at the H2 Group LLC. And Heather is going to not only share with us about her work, but we're going to dive into her story and we're going to pull some uh, awesome lessons and strategies from that that you'll be able to apply in your own life work or business so heather we are very excited to have you here today thank you for joining us thank you dr sharita for inviting me i'm excited about this and and can't wait to share some nuggets with your with your audience yes awesome awesome So start off by sharing with us about who you are, what you do, and how you are impacting the world. Well, I am Heather D. Horton. I am an advanced grief recovery method specialist and a From Grief to Gratitude certified grief coach. I'm also a certified professional diversity coach as well. And what I do is I help busy professionals who are struggling with grief to turn their pain into power. And a lot of people really associate grief with death and death only, Mm -hmm. but grief is actually, it's the normal and natural emotional reaction to anything that changes or ends. Any familiar pattern of behavior that changes or ends is what grief is. Mm -hmm. And it's really the discomfort that, you know, we're all feeling right now with COVID-19 in the world. that if you could put a name on it is grief. And, and now that we can name it, actually I am the person to help people manage that grief. Um, okay. I give them an opportunity. You know, we hear a lot about emotional health and mental health. This is not about mental health. Mental health is about your brain. Emotional health is about what you're feeling, the feelings that you're feeling. And are you naming them, putting a voice to them and actually processing them? So that is the work that I do. And what I want to do is help people to be the change they want to see in the world. Um, Because a lot of what's going on is not what we envisioned. And I feel like this time God has really put the world on pause to give us a time, give us an opportunity to get back to who we are, who he created us to be. And so, um, with that, I'm empowering people to be the change they want to see in the world and heal them emotionally so they can fit, so that they can live emotionally healthy lives. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you said, you know, that grief comes from any change or loss, you know, from what you're, you're used to, because so many people do limit grief to, you know, someone dying, you might get it, you know, because of um, a divorce or, you know, something like that. But people don't recognize that grief might come from uh, the change in jobs, even if it was a desired change, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something breaking in your normal pattern. Um, And there's this feeling of, you know, you've lost something, relationships, normalcy, whatever that may have been. Um, but then especially, you know, in the time that we're dealing with now, but grief can really, it can result from even good things. That come yes. To life. Yeah. <laughs> like retirement. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, a loss of community, a loss of identity, mm-hmm. which are huge things to deal with. Um, even moving. Mm-hmm. You may think, oh, I'm moving to this new place. I'm going to meet new people. But again, You've lost a community forever long. You lived in that community. You've lost your identity. You've got to recreate relationships. 
maybe find a new hairdresser, a new church. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is huge. And until you're presented with that um, issue, you don't realize what it is you're walking into. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And you talked a little bit about the, the difference between emotional health and mental health. Because um, a lot of times people just kind of lump <laughs> those things in together. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And while they're related, because, uh, you know, it's your emotional health um, can potentially lead to mental yes. health issues if not dealt with, but they don't necessarily start off being one and the same. No. Um, and the thing is, is when you go to a doctor and they diagnose you with depression or anxiety disorder or PTSD, that is mental health jargon. Mm-hmm. That really, and if you if you operate in those labels, you'll get lost in not actually dealing with your emotional health and just focusing on the mental health issue, which mm-hmm. will lead you to think, oh, well, I can take this pill and I'll be okay. But you're still grieving. You still haven't fit, you ha- you haven't dealt with that emotional piece. You don't mm-hmm. you haven't processed that. You haven't given it a voice. It's still stuck inside the body. So the medicine is not really helping you. It's just putting a, a Band-Aid on top of the emotional stuff that you still haven't worked through, mm. which can lead to even deeper mental health issues besides just anxiety, depression. I mean, you might mm. wind up with schizophrenia or what have you, but you've got to deal with that emotional piece. It's totally separate from mental health. Yes, yes, that's really good. Um, so ladies tuning in. So let's sound right there for you. <laughs> There's a difference between the two, knowing the difference and getting the appropriate help that that you need um, to deal with whatever might be be going on with you um, or however it may come about, whether that's life, work or business. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get started in, in this work? Actually, um, it started before I actually started my business. It started mm-hmm. uh, in 2005 when I tragically lost my mother in a car accident. We both were in the car accident and she passed away the day after the accident, but I survived my injuries. And it wasn't just me. It was also one of my, another family member also passed away two weeks after the accident. And so processing this huge change in my life at the start of my legal career, it just really it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, My injuries actually kept me out of work for three months. Um, And at the the time I was actually living in New Orleans. Um, It was August of 2005. And as we know, August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I had just come back to work two weeks, wasn't even working full days. And that's when Katrina happened. Mm -hmm. So I had to yet process another tragic loss in life. Um, and so for s- the last six months of t- 2005, life was just, mm-hmm. I had to refigure out who I was quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, like a lot of people right now, we're just ready for this to be over. I was ready for my, my neck injuries to heal and, you know, get back to some type of normalcy but also tried to process that I, my, my mother was no longer in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I shared earlier, moving is also a form of grief. Right. Right after I got back to healing from my accident, I moved clear across the country from Louisiana to Phoenix, Arizona. No family there. I only knew one person. Mm-hmm. And I, all I kept saying was, I got to get out of here. Louisiana has nothing else to offer me because my mother was gone and Katrina had happened. And I was like, I'm an introvert. I'll be fine moving (laughs) halfway across the country. I don't need anybody else. Uh And it really, I didn't realize what I was walking into, even Mm -hmm. though it was a fresh start, a new, new something. It just, I didn't, I, I did not process what I was walking into. So, um, and I actually lived there for about five years, but that, that was part of what brought me to the work. But also while I was in Phoenix, I started seeing a psychologist Mm -hmm. because, you know, 
honestly, that's that was like the next thing that most of us, most of us are told to do. Go see a psychologist. And the other thing is, I my mother was my best friend. And now that she wasn't there, I needed to talk to somebody or I was going to burst. Mm. And I didn't want to go to a psychiatrist because I was like, I don't want anybody prescribing me medication. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk. And I knew going to a psychologist would be um, very um, along the lines of what I was looking for. She diagnosed me with PTSD. I rode with that label, you know, and again, that's a mental health issue. But I never, in the five years that I saw her, processed the grief. Mm, It wasn't until I had really advanced in my career. I left Phoenix, moved back to D.C., and I started managing a group of attorneys, learned about coaching Mm -hmm. and how it can empower you. And my organization that I was working for was having a huge issue with diversity and inclusion issues, but I was at a position where I could bring that into the organization. So I went and I found this coaching program that integrated diversity and inclusion with coaching. Mm -hmm. Two powerful things that really totally changed my life and really led to me leaving my job and creating my business. Okay. Um, Because when I got into this coaching program, they asked me, well, who are you? What do you really want out of life? And with everything that had happened in my life from the time of the accident, mm-hmm. 10 years later, it was like, I don't know. Right. And I, I thought, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, how do I not know? I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I'm an independent woman who is just doing it out in the world. But I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I had never taken the time to actually process who am I without my mother. Um, and that led me to realize that I had not really grieved yet. So I took the steps to do that. Um, and in the process of that work, I realized, I was like, wow, if it's taken me this long, I think I want to help other people do this. So that when things happen in their life, it doesn't take them 10 years to actually realize what is happening with them. Mm-hmm. I could be a voice for people because I feel like I, I call myself the heart healer because I feel like I'm a listening heart with ears where I'm listening to someone, I'm holding space for them and not criticizing, judging or analyzing, but actually validating what they're feeling, but also empowering them to realize that there are choices and they don't have to stay in this place. Mm-hmm. So um, in August of 2017, I decided I no longer wanted to be a lawyer. None of that was, was advancing me or actually fulfilling my purpose. It wasn't fulfilling to me. I was like, anybody can do that, but not everybody can help people to walk through their grief experiences, walk through their loss experiences and mm-hmm. feel empowered on the other side. Um, But it didn't stop there because when I started my business, I came to the realization that um, it was not only my mother's death that I hadn't grieved, but it was my parents' divorce. Mm -hmm. It was my not having, not having a real relationship with my father back from childhood. So it was lots of things that were holding me back. But again, if you never take the time to actually process those things, um, you're just existing. You're not fully living. Mm-hmm. You're not even fully breathing. Mm-hmm. Your breaths are really short and shallow, but you're not taking, taking deep breaths and you're not living in the present. So as I started this business, I even expanded my knowledge of what grief is and how it impacts your life. And at that point became a certified grief recovery specialist. Um, Again, because as I explained before, trauma is the event that happens to you, but what's left, the feelings, that is the grief. And so what I want people to know is through my business is that there are tools that you can use on any type of loss that happens to you. It's not a death or um losing your job or whatever. There's not different tools there. The tools for them are all of the same. 
So um, again, my life experiences all kind of led me to where I am now in my business. Yeah. And what I offer to the world. That's a really powerful story. Um, and that I appreciate you sharing how you finally came to the realization that it wasn't just your, your mother's death that left you grieving and with unresolved grief. Um, but it actually went back to childhood and things that you never had the opportunity to process through. And I just imagine, you know, how many of us um, are walking around <laughs> with unresolved, unprocessed grief, and we have no idea that, that we have it. We know that these things happen to us. You know, we had these experiences, but we think because we survived, that we have moved yes. past them. But, you know, surviving and thriving are, are very two different things. I think there's probably a lot of people out there who are just surviving and not, have not, they haven't been able to move into an area of their lives where they're thriving because they still have, you know, remnants of their past that haven't been dealt with. Definitely. Um... I'm going to tell you this. I, I may have made it sound like, oh, I moved to, from here to here. This is hard work. Mm -hmm. It was very hard for me to realize that I had been carrying stuff from childhood into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. I mean, not processing the relationship with my dad actually impacted me being, having, being in healthy relationships with men. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it has huge implications. Right. So while the work is not easy, it's necessary. Right. And I don't want people to walk around surviving because when I got to the point where I started to peel back the layers on my life and let go of things, it's when I really truly started living. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought I was living when I was making the money, had the six figures, you know, high profile government position. But when I started to let go of things that had been holding me back in life, the freedom, the freedom just felt so much greater. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I honestly want to scream from the rafters <laughs> what it is I do. And it, but it's very hard to get people to change. Mm -hmm. um, although change happens in their life every day they aren't they are more familiar with what they know versus the unknown right but again i want to reinforce i have tools that will help you with any type of loss mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people don't want to because they don't know the unknown or they don't know the other side um they would rather stay in mm -hmm. what they know right regardless of how traumatic or terrible it is they mm -hmm. would rather stay there but I actually walk with them through the process. They're not left alone. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity. The, the work that I do gives people op an opportunity to um, be afraid with someone else, but mm -hmm. know that they are being hailed right. at the same time. Mm, that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Now, with what you just said, you know, people are comfortable in the uh, discomfort of their current situation because they know it. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. They're familiar with it. They're used to it. Um, so given the work that you do, um, you know, what has been some of the challenges that you faced in, you know, clearly explaining and promoting what it is you do so that people recognize the value that you can bring to their lives? The biggest challenge is people getting people to realize that they're grieving. Mm -hmm. Because as you said earlier, you say the word grief and, and people's instant reaction is, oh, I'm not grieving. Right. Because again, they're thinking of it in the perspective of death mm -hmm. and death only. Um, but I will say this, as I've become a more seasoned adult, I love how, and even as a lawyer, I love how 
you have the dictionary and you can look up a word. We're typically told what the definition is of a word is and we just go with that definition through life. But as an attorney, I'm, I'm always looking at words and I always go to the, the dictionary and figure out, well, what, is, what, what else does this word mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it almost, it's almost like it opens up your mind because you, weren't, you were only told half of what the definition is until right. <laughs> you look it up in the dictionary. And again, when you look up the word grief in the dictionary, it doesn't say death only. Right. It says it is the normal and natural reaction, emotional reaction to the change or end of any familiar pattern of behavior. And the challenge is getting people to see that other definition. Mm-hmm. Getting people to acknowledge that they're grieving. Getting people to accept that they're grieving. That's also a challenge. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, because people are like, well, what's the difference between you and a life coach? Well, for me, a life coach is just not calling themselves a grief coach because life is grief. Life <laughs> is changes. <laughs> if you want to be honest, life is about changes and changes bring about grief, right. no matter how small it is. I mean, I think I've said this before. If you lose your favorite pen, you're going to experience some grief there. Mm-hmm. But that's also life. Right. So... In honest, in all honesty, I feel like I'm being practical and frank by calling myself a grief coach versus a life coach because I, and I'm not going to change that because I want people to realize what the, what is really going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so while it's a challenge, um, I think it's also an opportunity to change thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that what you do goes, um, I'll say deeper than life coaching. Um, you know, a lot of times life coaching is focused on, you know, what, what is it that you want? What's stopping you from getting there? Let's develop a plan. Let me push you forward. Um, you, you would have to have a really skilled life coach who can dig beyond kind of the surface stuff to get to underlying grief issues. Right. But I would say the majority of coaches don't even realize that that grief thing would be there for a lot of people because they haven't had that specific training. So don't ever call yourself a life coach. No. <laughs> you will be doing yourself a disservice in terms of what you're actually offering. And, you know, that's not to, to take anything away from life coaches. Cause I know not at all. Um, they, they, they're bringing value to the table um, for what they do. But I think what you do is still, is still very different from that. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for saying that because What's really a lot of the issues that we're presented with as coaches, I'm just going to say as coaches in general, mm-hmm. are um, surface issues. Mm-hmm. But as you said, there are very few people who are going to be like, well, what is the real underlying cause of that? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the work that I do. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the underlying cause of why things are happening in your life in a certain way. Mm-hmm. which again is really hard work but the fruit that yields right. afterwards is I mean I what as I continue to do this work this is not a one and done mm-hmm. I've done some work on my, but I'm continuing to right. do work on myself and I just feel freer and freer I like in the midst of this pandemic that we're dealing with in the world right now I'm still excited I am you know, I don't, I don't feel stuck. I feel like this is an opportunity because mm-hmm. I've let go of some of the things that have held, held strongholds on me for a, a great majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I am appreciative of this time that God has given me versus wishing it was over. Right, 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 right. Um, so with with those challenges and <laughs> getting people to, you know, acknowledge that um, they've experienced grief and then that they are still experiencing it. What strategies have you put in place in terms of your marketing and promotion um, to help kind of bring this awareness to people so that people would see themselves in, in your messaging? Um, 
Well, for most coaches, as, as most coaches do, I am using social media, but mm -hmm. I'm using social media more as an education tool. Mm -hmm. Right now, to me, what's more important than actually coaching people is educating them on what grief is and where it shows up on your life and how you can figure out what the underlying root cause is of things that continue to happen in your life. Like for instance, I told you I was constantly having, um, I couldn't find or be in emotionally healthy relationships. Well, there was an underlying root cause of why that was happening. It right. was because I never had that an emotional connection or that with a key relationship, key male relationship in my life. So until I actually worked through what really happened under the tension that was occurring in the relationship with my dad, I wasn't able to freely express myself mm -hmm. or I'll just share. Um, my dad and I really never communicated. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I brought that into adult male relationships. Well, you can't be in a relationship with an adult male if you're not communicating. Right. My dad <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because we're thought to believe they prefer not to communicate. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I saw at home. My dad really never communicated. And um, so I, I just felt like, okay, if I'm in your presence, we're good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, I, but you know, I don't want to say that sounds stupid, but that was, that was my reality. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's what I exhibited in relationships. And, you know, these men were like, well, why won't, why aren't you expressing yourself? Why don't you communicate? And it was like, I couldn't answer that question. That was just, I was like, I'm present. What's wrong with you? I'm here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, I wasn't doing anything intentionally to hurt them, but Again, I didn't know how to communicate with a male. Mm -hmm. So until I realized that, and even more so, what I also learned from my relationship with my dad was when I did communicate, I was criticized. So mm -hmm. that was another reason why I kept my mouth closed. Right, right. I'm an intelligent woman. You're not going to criticize me. I know what I know, and I know what my, you know, my education brings with me. But I was not about to set myself up to be criticized. So mm -hmm. that was another reason why I wouldn't communicate. But um, that in and of itself, it was, it was huge because I'm like, I can communicate with anybody in the workplace, male, female, what have you, and I get stuff done. Why is it that I can't communicate one-on-one -on -one with somebody I have, you know, romantic feelings about? It was just, but again, I had to get to that underlying root cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once I did that, life just opened up for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, as a woman who had worked in a legal career for 14 plus, 15 plus years, and realizing that I couldn't communicate on such a basic level was hard for me to accept. Right. But now that I have accepted that, life for me is just greater. And the opportunities are increase every day. Mm -hmm. So let, let's go back a bit to you using social media to educate. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you, when you choose to do business um, in an area where, I guess a good analogy would be um, you're, you're swimming upstream versus downstream, <laughs> right? Because you know, everybody, the majority of people are flowing one way and you're trying to get them to stop and see, no, that's not the right way. Here's the way you have to do it. Um, how how are you positioning yourself um, to educate and like maybe even give an example of how you're doing that on social media? Because I think we we probably have some listeners tuning in who are like, you know, their their business has something to do with getting people to see things in a different way than they're used to seeing them, um, which can make it harder in business unless you implement the right strategies, um, you know, to get, to get noticed first so people can actually then hear what you're saying. So what are some of the things that you're doing? Well, I am um, actually using words in my social media posts that 
speak differently than what we've heard before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm telling people, here's what you say and what you don't say to somebody who's grieving. Mm -hmm. I'm explaining here's a situation and pointing out how grief shows up in this particular situation. Mm -hmm. In addition to using social media, I'm also using blogs Mm -hmm. um, to educate people on, you know, one of the blogs I wrote was what is grief coaching and why you need it. Mm -hmm. Pretty much just continuing to use the word grief. Regardless of, you know, if it falls, falls on the wayside or what have you, but just Mm -hmm. continuing to use that word grief, because at some point something is going to touch someone um, in how I'm describing grief or showing how it shows up in one's life. Um, Yeah, it's been challenging because people don't want to, to actually admit or acknowledge that they're grieving. But if you're a human and you're alive, life is changing. It's going to fall on good soil, as the word says, <laughs> at some point. Um, and it's going to be a conversation starter. Brent, uh, there was an article that I actually posted, reshared on social media that just came out. I think it was last week. And it was by the Harvard Business Review. And it talked about how in this pandemic, the edit staff of the HBR is trying to figure out what's most useful for um, people to be reading at this point. Mm-hmm. But not only were they talking about that, but they were talking about, and it was a Zoom meeting, they were talking about, well, how the edit staff was feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the people actually said, what I'm feeling is grief. So they actually titled the article, that discomfort you're feeling is grief. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a conversation. That is what I've been waiting for. Like some, some yeah. inf- influential audience to, mm-hmm. to, to really grasp what I'm trying to convey to people. Right. So um, yeah, I, that just hanging on to that and communicating actually commented on the article and thanked them for actually even putting that out. I mean, mm-hmm. and when I read the comments on this article, people were, really um not gracious <laughs> mm-hmm. they actually were saying well this is like really irresponsible for the harvard business review to be even putting something out like this but I, my comment to them was i am thankful for you actually starting the conversation on this and being able to use the word grief because um nobody wants to talk about that but it's something that we all experience So why wouldn't we want to talk about it? And why wouldn't we want to figure out how to, I don't want to say fix it because I'm not fixing this, but it gives you an opportunity to have space to process Mm -hmm. and really figure out, am I moving forward or am I going backwards or am I staying stagnant? Right. What is going on with me? Um, So that education piece is huge. And not only am I using social media and blogs, but speaking. Mm-hmm. Just recently on, on Friday, I spoke to a group of um, people who are aging gracefully, but aging gracefully alone. And we talked about how to um, deal with physical isolation and emotional, and emotional isolation during this pandemic, because people who live alone are already... isolated per se to some degree but now that we have these stay-at-home orders how do you deal with the emotional isolation and the physical isolation Mm -hmm. um but again it goes back to that emotional piece like really dealing with our feelings giving them a name and voicing them Mm -hmm. it's not just about giving them a name but it's also about voicing them and sharing them with people that you feel safe with or again like i said somebody you feel like you can be scared with because you're holding that in your body and Mm -hmm. as you continue to hold that in your body, it can cause disease and illness, Mm -hmm. um, cancer. So again, the education piece using social media blogs, um, and speaking. Mm -hmm. 
that is the way that I am getting my challenging mission message out to the world. Okay. Awesome. Now, did you take the opportunity uh, to kind of hijack what's going on to help push your message forward? Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Well, especially <laughs> in resharing that article on uh, that from the Harvard Business Review. Um, yeah, I shared it on all of my social media social media uh, platforms mm-hmm. and. Um, and I actually am going to take the opportunity now to create online courses that will educate people um, on a broader scale so that it's available and it's not actually, it's me, but it's not me sharing this, you know, individually with people, but it's a global response to what's going on. So thank you for using that. I love that term. So yeah, um, I, I, I love to speak to audiences where I'm actually able to educate because before we did this virtually on Friday, this meeting that I talked with to these, these, uh, people that are aging gracefully and the host told me that before they could get off the phone, people were texting her like, this was great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt so comforted. I felt heard. And that is what my business offers to the world. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to be seen and heard, validated, not analyzed, criticized, or judged. Right. But helping you to acknowledge the areas where you may have repressed some feelings. Mm-hmm. You may have said, oh, I'm 60. I don't need to deal with that. I'm here to tell you I was 45 before I figured out that my dad and I did not have an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. There are tools that you can use and there are ways that you can, there are things that you can do now, no matter what age you are, that will help you to live a more present, emotionally healthy life. And I don't know anybody who doesn't want that at this point, Mm -hmm. but you've got to acknowledge it and be able, be willing to do the work. It takes a willingness to do the work. If you want to stay the same, then please don't call me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't call me. But if you want change or or if you want your life to just blossom, because, you know, people don't like the word change. If you want your life to blossom and be everything that you have imagined it could be, and you want to be able to leave a legacy so that, your life actually mattered mm-hmm. and it carries on after you ha- are no longer here. Those are the people that I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you all heard that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not looking to do the work, Mm-mm. don't call her. But if you're willing to do the work to get the results that you desire in your life, then definitely want to reach out <laughs> yes just, right. just use the free resources don't yeah. call me <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so um how do you at this point in your life how do you find and maintain balance in your life that's a beautiful question um i I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of self-examination. One of the things in the grief recovery program that I facilitate, I actually work on processing what has happened in a particular relationship. I'll take a piece of paper and I will sit down and write what are, what are the good things that happen in this relationship? What are the bad things that happen in this relationship? And I take those and I write a letter to that person. Mm -hmm. and just let go and say all the things that I may have never been able to say to them, things that I've said to them that maybe they didn't process correctly, all of that's written out. And then I read it to somebody that I'm safe with Mm -hmm. and naming it, putting a voice to it and actually sharing it releases me from the anxiety that it's caused me for the time that, Mm -hmm. um, 
that I may have even known that person. So that's one of the ways that I do it. Um, and I continue to do that. I've done it on my career. I've done it on um, both my parents and I'm continuing to do work on other relationships that I've had as well. Um, I also do yoga. Okay. Yoga was really the thing that helped me to leave my job. Mm. Okay. Um, in the last year that I was in my job, which was 2017, I took on another responsibility at my church. I was like the assistant financial secretary. And that I didn't realize was like another job, but it was all day on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I would leave that position and I would run to a restorative yoga class. And in one hour, my, it, it released everything that I was feeling for that particular week. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my body felt like something had been lifted off of me yeah. in that one hour. Right. <laughs> and as I continued to go every week, it was, we hold so much emotional stress mm -hmm. in our hips and in our body. Just one hour of restorative yoga. It, it is almost like freed me and changed my mind. And yeah, it was just amazing. So that in and of itself gave me, I was like, if I can feel this good in one hour every week, this is something I need to add to my routine. I also use essential oils mm -hmm. um, and I diffuse them in my home. And um, essential oils are, if you're using the certified pure therapeutic grade for oils and not just the stuff you can buy from Bed Bath Beyond, right. they're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite is a mixture of frankincense and wild orange. Okay. It just, it just makes me feel alive. Um, <laughs> frankincense. I'm going to have to try that this evening. <laughs> frankincense just makes me feel alive. I mean, I don't care. I could be feeling just down in the dumps. I put that, that, that diffuser on and mm -hmm. it's like my whole world has changed, but we do know frankincense is a, is a, an oil that was talked about in the Bible. So mm -hmm. it has, it has some spiritual and emotional um, influences there. Right. Uh, the other thing I do is I have a coach. Mm -hmm. I'm a coach, but I have my own coach. Mm -hmm. And Every I will say this. <laughs> yes. And I have a therapist. Uh -huh. um, the two are not the same. Right. Right. And I want people to realize that. And also the other thing I want really want to say to people is if you have a therapist and they don't have their own therapist, stop seeing them. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Just like I'm a coach and I have a coach. If your therapist doesn't have a therapist, they're not the person for you. I don't care what relationship you have, how good you think it is. If they don't have a therapist and don't be able to, don't be afraid to ask them if they have a therapist. Right. Um, because, and if they're, not ruling to give you a response. Don't have any more appointments with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I believe in all of those things that I just said to you, yoga, essential oils, um, reading books, mm -hmm. learning more. Um, yeah. Therapy, having my coach, mm -hmm. it has all contributed to, who I am today um, and also being okay with being by myself, mm -hmm. which I think the pandemic right now is helping is, is hijacking single people's lives right now. Yeah. Because um, you've really got to figure out who you are and learn who you are. Right. That is, is golden there because there was um it's interesting. I was reading an article that where this man who's been in solitary confinement for 27 years, people on the outside are actually calling him to figure out how to deal with what we're dealing with in the world right now with this mm -hmm. COVID-19. Like how does he live in solitary confinement for 27 years? Um, this is people on the outside that are calling mm -hmm. somebody on the inside. And what he said to them was, you're really thrown into learning who you are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that with my coaching and with my therapist and all these other things helped me to really know who I was. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I did, like right after I realized that I was still grieving when I was in my coaching program is I came home and I turned off my cable because I was like, there's too much chatter going on. Right. Um, this reality TV we're watching too much chatter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may be able to separate it as entertainment and not actually uh, be living out some of these things that are on reality TV, but mm-hmm. even separating it as entertainment, you're still absorbing it. Right. So I had to cut out all that chatter. And in those times, I figured out who I was. Well, the other thing I like is piano music um that really like speaks to my soul and and what's even more uh is that on pandora i found a station where they actually play piano music but they're playing old hymns Mm -hmm. and as a a person who has been in relationship with god like forever hymns i never appreciated hymns more than i do right now Right. And hearing them in my favorite, you know, musical instrument, piano, it just mm-hmm. is amazing. So yeah. feeding my soul is also something I've done mm-hmm. as well. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to move to wordplay right now. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I have two words um, that I'm going to share with you and just get your thoughts on okay. um, what they mean. So the first word is wholeness. Wholeness to me is feeling physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and mentally safe. Mm. Wow. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question before I go to the next word. (laughs) Do you think it's possible for us to ever be 100% whole given how you just defined it? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. But you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. It's not going to just happen. It has to be intentional. Okay. Okay, good, good. The second word is care. Care. Is it a verb or now? However, <laughs> however you heard it. <laughs> um, I'm going to use it as a verb. Mm-hmm. I think caring and i'm gonna add a mm-hmm. pre uh suffix on the end is um it's just you opening your heart and listening not already having a response but truly listening and being in tune with who you are where you are mm-hmm that's caring mm-hmm. to me. So then it's not only in the act of doing that for someone else, but in doing it for yourself as well. Yes, I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for pointing it out. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Now I know that you have um, something special for our listeners today. So tell us what that is and how they can get it. Well, I would love to share with your listeners um, the opportunity to have a complimentary heart-to-heart conversation with me. Um, We've heard that term a lot in our lives, but here is, I think, where it truly means something special Mm -hmm. to have a heart-to-heart conversation about you living a whole life, whole meaning spiritual physical, mental, emotional, psychological. So 
I'm offering this complimentary heart-to-heart -heart conversation for anybody who is ready to live life in the present. Mm -hmm. And you can access that free conversation by using the URL https colon backslash backslash bookme.name slash Heather D. Horton. You can also come go to Heather D. Horton on Instagram. And if you click on the link in my bio, there's also a link there to schedule a heart to heart conversation with me as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. Um, now, are there any other platforms where our listeners can connect with you online? Yes. Um, I am also on Facebook, mm -hmm. Heather D. Horton. And I am also on LinkedIn as Heather D. Horton. Okay. And for more information, they can also connect or they can access my blog or my website, which is on my website at www.heatherdhorton.com. There's also a link there to schedule a heart to heart conversation as well. And um, on my website is also the first season of my podcast, which is called Grief Unplugged, mm -hmm. that listeners can take an opportunity to listen to as well. The podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Awesome. Awesome. So for the ladies who are tuning in today, um, this has been a very empowering and insightful conversation with Heather um, in looking at what grief actually is and how it shows up in your life and the work necessary to work through it to live the life that you desire and dream of living. And I hope that you have all been inspired to, you know, identify what you may still be grieving in your life um, and then inspired to do the work <laughs> to process that so you can move forward and thrive in your life. Um, and Heather is available to assist you on that journey. So feel free yeah. to reach out and connect with her um, online, Heather D. Horton. You can find her on all the major platforms under that name. And Heather, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to be with us today and to share from your knowledge and experience in your journey and your expertise to help those women who have tuned in so they can learn, launch, and lead themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Sharita. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.